0: We're making our way through the Ten Commandments, and we're up to command number four today. And we're using the Heidelberg Catechism as our our guide. So we're going to do the scripture reading first, and then we're up to that particular lesson in the Heidelberg Catechism. And the Heidelberg Catechism is one of our confessions. The Heidelberg Catechism, catechism is, is kind of a stuffy word. It's a good word, uh, but it's a little stuffy to some of us. The Heidelberg Catechism is really a Bible study series. It's the Heidelberg Bible study series. Uh, every one of those lessons uh, about really the basics of the faith uh, are are the whole of Scripture is looked at uh, to come up with these answers. Uh, but we're gonna what we're gonna do is read the the fourth commandment here. Uh, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. I've entitled this sermon Resting in a Rat Race World and before we talk about rats and rest uh, just a couple of of sort of big picture general observations about this commandment that when we see these might make us want to pay special attention to this commandment one it's the longest of all 10 of the commandments just the number of words is the most for this one. It's the biggest commandment. Also, it's the only commandment where God makes a point of saying that he himself keeps it. Have you ever thought of that? But it does. God talks about keeping this commandment. So that might make us perk up our ears just a little bit more, don't you think? Not that he doesn't keep the others, but he tells us, about he himself keeping this commandment it's also interesting that with this particular commandment there is a switch there was a switch at jesus resurrection the commandment has always been about one day in seven to rest but that day the sabbath which just means rest was saturday in the old testament but from jesus resurrection he rose on sunday it became sunday And all Christians everywhere say this, that it's Sunday except for our brothers and sisters in the Seventh-day Adventist church, which we disagree with them on it, but it does allow us to use their whole parking lot on Sundays over there, so it works out. God is glorified even in their mistakes on this one, and it's for our benefit. But that little title I put in there, the idea of resting in a rat race world, gets at the central thrust of what I believe God is telling us today in this commandment. And I have three pretty straightforward ideas that I, that I want to share with you from this. First of all, the fourth commandment tells us that we need to rest, right? Right? It tells us of the need to rest. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is the Sabbath. Sabbath means rest. And in the Heidelberg Bible study series answer, it talks about that festive day of rest. Of rest. We need to rest. People are running a rat race in life, in our culture. People are running like rats in a maze. So busy, so crazy. At a recent elder meeting discussion, we talked about uh, the biggest challenge in in the church today, and included in there a look at our church. And one of the answers, the biggest answer that that one of the elders shared, and and the rest of us talked about for some time for our church was the biggest challenge is all the other stuff going on in life. Kids' sports, our work schedules, all kinds of entertainment options, weekends away, vacations, so many options, so much stuff going on. Not all of them bad things, but so much that grabs our attention and that could potentially pull us away from worship, away from the things of God, away from the church, away from the sort of habits and time that we need for our spiritual growth and for the spiritual growth of our families. And then the wisdom of this ancient command comes to us again. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a day of rest a day of rest, ingenious. We need a break sometimes. I believe that we ignore this command or put it on the bottom of the pile of the commandments at our own peril. Parents, I believe that you ignore this command or don't take it seriously to the detriment of your children's welfare. Now, these, these little babies... Get it. They get rest. They're resting many hours of the day. But that's going to change, and the costers know about that already firsthand. The moment they become mobile, watch out. When they can start exercising those little legs, they go and go, and they won't want to stop. That's like our little Adriana right now. She's about 20 months old, constantly going, Constant action. And then, when that happens, when they get a taste of that freedom and that activity and using those legs, they start not liking to lay there nicely in their mom or dad's arms and close their eyes and rest. If we didn't make them rest as parents, say it's time for bed, they would go and go and go literally until they collapse on the living room floor. And then they'd finally fall asleep, but then they would do the same thing the next day. That's what would happen if we didn't put them to bed. They, they'd just go as long as they could, collapse wherever they are. Children need to be told to rest. And it seems like we need to be told this today, too, because the world is running itself ragged. We see in our culture. Families not taking a day of rest. I remember when I was little, and this was back in the 80s, and I didn't look up this information again, but I remember very specifically when Japan was doing very, very well economically. That was would have been in the 80s, right? Um, and they observed that culture, which is very few Christians, right? It's for the most part a pagan culture. And they didn't have, like, a day off. And that's part of the reason... They were doing so well economically because they were literally working seven days a week. But I look at our culture and our people these days, and I wonder if people are taking a Sabbath. Oh, oh, you'll find some who take an hour to go to church in the mornings if it happens to fit their schedule. But even if that happens, most of Sunday is just like any other day. It's filled with the same sort of stuff as the other days. Going out, traveling, running errands, shopping, doing yard work. But that's not the idea. The day is supposed to be different. I see people in our culture missing this gift of God that's in the fourth commandment. It's like this awesome present that We are leaving unopened under the Christmas tree. But God's people don't do that. We see the gift, we take it from under the tree, we unwrap it, we make use of it, we cherish it, we listen to this clear command. We get a day of rest. We get a day that's different. We need it to keep sane and grounded in the rat race of life. God's children ensure that Sundays look different from other days. And you can do that without getting all legalistic about it. Certain traditions have gotten very legalistic about it. The Puritans, who I love, went a little far on this one. We're very close to the Puritans. Uh, You can look them up online or something, what they were all about. The Puritans are very close to us theologically, but on Sunday observance, our spiritual forefathers, like John Calvin and what we read in the Heidelberg Catechism, they were much more upbeat about Sunday observance than the Puritans and then their confession, the Westminster Catechism on the Fourth Commandment. The Puritans, at one point, they were very serious about this they were At one point, they were so strict that they said, To ring the church bell one more time than is necessary on the Lord's Day is as grievous a sin as killing a man. That's not the idea. At least that's not the reformed way, and it never has been. And we've always understood two things that, though we don't work on Sunday, there are exceptions to that. Uh, when we think of certain works of necessity, like people in the healthcare profession, church staff, I'm kind of working today, I guess, emergency workers, and so on. So I want to be very clear that that's not the direction we go. We're not legalistic about this rest. But neither do we ignore the idea of rest and kind of gloss over this commandment. We don't want to be raising little rats growing up to run the rat race of life. We want to raise children of God who understand and thrive in the wisdom of the divine design. I, got to, I want to share with you just personally for my family, for us, that the very best way we have discovered to have a day of rest and be out of the rat race of life one day in seven is to have that pattern of morning and evening worship. We have that firmly in place, not because we're puritanical about it. It's not because we think it's a sin if we didn't do that. We do it because we believe it's the best option out there to really, truly have a day of rest and not just maybe an hour or two of rest in the morning. I've yet to come across a better idea or a better solution. If that pattern is set, being in worship with your family at the beginning of the day and at the end, then that doesn't leave much room for much else craziness, does it? And that's the whole idea, to rest and worship. And then it's a family day too. It's our great family day of the week. I'd encourage you to consider that, to think about that pattern if you've never done it. I'd encourage you to think about getting back to that pattern if somewhere, someone along the line in your family decided to leave it for other things. Try it, I'm saying. Taste and see, says the Lord. I think you'll find this good. God tells us to stop running ourselves ragged. God's children don't have to be nutso like the rest of the world. This is for our own good. Rest one day in seven. The second idea today is the reason we rest. What is the reason behind this? Why? The reason we rest, according to the scriptures, is to work. Work. Let me explain. There's another piece to this commandment. Six days you shall labor. That's in there too, right? And it's interesting that the catechism answer talks about the festive day of rest, but then everything it talks about is like activities, doing things. And here's the thing. This rest is to lead to work. And I want to share with you a secret it's a secret it's not a secret that we keep to ourselves but it's a secret that i think christians understand of how rest and work are supposed to go in god's design most people in the world work in order to rest and on first glance you might think well that makes sense of course you work in order to rest That's an unspoken formula for a lot of people. They're going, going, going just to reach that Friday night, just to reach Saturday night or the weekend. That's all they're thinking about. Always looking ahead to the next day off. They're always looking ahead to the next vacation. Some people are like that. You can tell from their Facebook posts. That's the only thing getting them through their day, the next day off. I believe I would suggest that there is a better way in God's design and it's embedded in this commandment because we were created to work and be productive. Adam and Eve were busy and productive in the garden before sin. A lot of times we think work is so difficult and challenged. Work is sin. Work is not sin. Adam and Eve had a mission and were busy before the fall into sin. God's design flips that usual formula that I believe most people live by around. Christians rest in order to work. We are not on this planet to look forward to the next time we can veg. We are here to make a difference, to be productive. Six days you shall labor. And the rest and the worship are to rejuvenate physically, emotionally, spiritually for what God calls us to day by day. A lot of the activity in this answer is about building up the church and and keeping the church strong, Uh, being in worship, uh, offerings, prayer, participating in the sacraments. And that's a very, very important part of our mission and our activity. And being committed to the church and keeping the church strong and healthy is very important, Because in the church, in worship, with God's word faithfully preached, that is how Christians are energized and filled up to do all the other stuff you got to do in your life. Like being a good husband, a loving mother, a faithful employee, a kind manager, doing your schoolwork, being productive in retirement for the kingdom. So, Maturing Christians have this this different outlook on life. It's a subtle change in the order of words, but it makes all the difference for how you approach life. Most people work in order to rest, but a Christian on a mission for the kingdom of God, living with a purpose, a Christian rests in order to work. Rests in order to be active in the things of God, both in the church and out in the world. One more thought today. We find the basis, the foundation for this rest that we've been talking about. The foundation, the basis of the rest is in God Himself and it's in His work. You might have known that the Ten Commandments are found listed in two different places in the Bible, Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. But did you also know that the second half of this commandment is different in those two? Everything is pretty much the same, but the reason to keep the commandment is different from Exodus 20 to Deuteronomy 5. We were at Exodus 20, The basis to keep it in what we read is in creation, the work of creation. For in six days God made the heavens and the earth and so on, but he rested the seventh. In Deuteronomy 5, the reason is different. It's because God saved his people from slavery in Egypt. And so the basis isn't in creation, but it's in God's salvation. Now, we might say a lot of things about that difference, um, write a, a paper on that or something, but we can certainly see very clearly that in both of those reasons, the basis of our rest is the work of God. And God's work, creation and salvation, has the same focus, the same purpose. His work is for His glory. His work is for the gathering in of his people to himself. His work is for the accomplishment of his mission in our midst, in our day, until he comes again. God created this world so that people could be in a relationship with him. Sin came and destroyed that, and the people ever since have been running themselves ragged, trying to repair in all sorts of ways that brokenness in life that everyone one way or another senses is there. But life doesn't get fixed from our working. Your life won't become any better at its core from all of your trying. The answer is in another person's work. The answer is in the work of God, who loved the world so much that he sent his son Jesus so that we might not perish but have everlasting life. That everlasting life is an eternal rest for our weary souls and our weary lives. Hebrews 4 says, We who have believed enter that rest. And a little bit later, anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his one work, just as God did from his. This means that when you believe in Jesus, you can enter into that ultimate rest right now. You're striving to be a better person trying to fix what's broken and messed up in your life, running yourself ragged to find the answers. There's a real sense in which God calls us to just stop all of that. He is the solution. His finished work on the cross is the answer. Our Bible study says, let the Lord work in you through his spirit. Let him work in you. Open your heart. Receive his grace. Receive his rest. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, all of you out there in the rat race of life, come to me and I will give you rest. It's this life entering now, that eternal rest that Lydia and Lilia can enter into from day one because they were born into covenant families. It's this life that each one of us can live each day whenever we go with open arms to Jesus. May you enter his rest and may you enjoy the luxury of living in the pattern of that weekly day of rest as God lays down the fourth commandment. Don't be foolish enough to leave that gift unopened.